Hello, listeners. Welcome to A Writer's World. Sean Griffin is on vacation. This is David Winkler, a writer and teacher who hopes to bring you some part of that world here on KWNK. It's a big subject, and we'll see where it leads. Today's program is entitled, Sean Griffin and the Path to Forgiveness. The high desert where Sean Griffin lives and works is the inspiration for many of his poems, and it's also a commanding presence in his memoir, Anthem for a Burnished Land. Sensory images make this book sing. Land and sky are revealed in as many chromatic variations as in nature. Chapters roll out like articulated landscapes. Sean writes, In this autumn of burnished lines, the roads east and south converge on a limitless sky out my door. When you live in a place for a long time, first impressions fade to memory as if they were stored under glass. But the light has grown more distinct, taught me to pay attention to its abundant presence. Light plays a strong role in Sean's life and consequently in his writing, as we shall see. So much of his memoir performs in the pitch-perfect prose of an Edward Abbey, a Barry Hanna, and Annie Dillard. But it's also a book about tragic loss healed by love. Love is its central theme. Along the way in this masterful memoir, we're given glimpses into Sean's lifelong devotion to social change by bringing solace to hungry and impoverished families through his and his wife Debbie's founding of Community Chest in Virginia City, to which they tirelessly committed themselves, and by Sean's dedication as a teacher in Nevada's penal system, where he helped inmates achieve fresh starts through years of conducting poetry workshops. I met Sean Griffin 25 years ago when I was a teacher at Orr Middle School in Las Vegas. Another teacher and I were helming an after-school program for homeless students called Project Hope. Sometime early in the first semester, while we were helping kids with their homework, the door of the classroom opened and in stepped a thin, rather gaunt-looking, bearded man who, to my eyes, resembled nothing so much as a young Abe Lincoln, but without Lincoln's world-weary gaze. He proceeded to make himself at home, talking with the kids, asking them questions, looking over their work. Now that's an aspect of Sean which I wish I had more time to explore. He's gifted at making himself at home in whatever setting he finds himself, globally or domestically. Alhambra, Costa Rica, New York City, Ireland, Africa, Mendocino, wherever. But I think it's reasonable to suggest there is no place Sean feels more at home than in Nevada, particularly in the high desert, which he has written about so vividly. Often his verse turns out to be a dirge for something that is lost. Consider these lines from his poem, Rain Outside Lovelock, Late March. The landscape is quarantined. A desert peach offers pink rosaries to the slopes bladed for minerals, once white and hard with tranquility, now dust in the atmosphere. This is what the desert surrenders, to the magpie bloated on the center line, to fresh prints at the petroglyphs, 
to the feral galaxy of spring. It's not only ourselves who are quarantined during this scourge of COVID-19, it is the desert, and by extension all of nature that surrenders itself, however unwillingly, to our invasions into its once pristine majesty, now bladed for minerals. In September Light, he writes, I have never known the desert would be my answer. Still, I listen for its arid question. There's something metaphysical going on here, something that borders on the spiritual, as evidenced by the search, by the listening for an arid answer to the arid question. The title of Sean's book of essays is Because the Light Will Not Forgive Me. Now, assuming that the me in the title is Sean himself, I have to wonder, why does he suppose the light will not forgive him? Rather, I think the title may be a summons for the reader, for each of us to make a journey inward, to discover why the light may not forgive us, we who are stewards not only of the desert, but whatever plot of land we tread upon. The question becomes, how are we each and every one complicit in the mountain slopes reduced to dust in the atmosphere? It's a pretty loaded question, and it begs an answer that may carry even a heavier load. In keeping with the theme of forgiveness, consider Sean's poem, The Hummingbird. At twelve, I raised the barrel not six feet from eyes, the first gun I fired, a twenty-two caliber, and still in flight you twisted to earth, filled with a shell the size of your bill. That day, years ago, I thought you dead for all time. Now you dive the backyard peach, wibbling and wobbling over the nectar, your greenish-blue coat lost in a fluorescent whir. Sixty times a second you delight, and no hunter save the memory of boys flying the sight of an old gun. I smell your burnt flesh on the bow and the butt kicks my shoulder like the one that cut you down. For a time, I wished you never return, and the wash behind my parents' home fold in sage. But in the clearing where you flutter, you teach me to forgive a long-ago boy when he, on a dare, pulled you from the sky and snaked blood from lime feathers. You teach me to forgive the scar we leave on the land with wings." On rereading this, I began to perceive an urgent calling, or perhaps more than one calling, to revisit those granular moments when I behaved poorly on behalf of a friend, a family member, or nature itself. If not a hummingbird, then something equally as beautiful and equally as fragile. I am called on to look back on those moments of betrayal and harm and to ask forgiveness. In another poem, Sean, Sean asks, for whom does poetry account? In his hymns to the desert, I begin to hear an internal music whose chords I must divine on my own. For I believe the answer to that question is the reader, the person holding the book, that is to say myself. In order to make that happen, I must be willing to sit quietly and not only read, but reread and listen to the poem in front of me and to give it the same sovereign attention I would to my wife, or to my daughter, or to a close friend, if I am to understand 
the urgency. Sean writes in The Labyrinth of a Mind, This is our truth, our refuge, our shared spoken gravity. Poetry insists that we become alert, that we pay attention, or something will be lost that may never be regained, as in these lines from Elegy for a Mountain. There is no alchemy to retrieve our gold from its binary roots of profit and loss when the skin of the mountain is removed. How can we be forgiven for something that is irretrievably gone due to our own manipulative greed and disregard for truth in nature, which turns out to be our own truth? If, in fact, we're to achieve atonement, it must be by moving forward through acts of selflessness, of devotion to preservation, of faith in the sovereignty of nature. I would like to finish with this short poem at the end of Sean's book, The Monastery of Stars. Would that any word wake America from its slumber? I would surrender all hope of writing another poem and join hands in its offering. This concludes our program on Sean Griffin and the Path to Forgiveness. Please join us in the Collective Ethersphere Sundays at 3 p.m. for our next meditation, or stream it at kwnkradio.org. And please support our independent bookstore. In Reno, that's Sundance Books and Music, and in Las Vegas, the Writer's Block. They're open, and we need them. Thank you, be safe, and spread a little kindness wherever you are.